And hello, and welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am Bird, joined freshly back from Seattle, Washington, with a quick detour to Portland, Oregon. It's Jake Simone. Jake, please tell us, your, how was your experience in Portland? Uh, it was brief, but just something about those folks in Portland. They, they're just some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Believe it or not, I did have a quick pizza from Portland. Oh, please share at, your findings. At the, at the airport. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> How could anything be terrible? It's Portland. The folks were just so happy in Portland. I-, I wish that I could achieve that level of happiness. You know when I do actually achieve that level of happiness? When I'm talking about Portland. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just what what else can you say about Portland, Oregon? But hey, I was on Portland soil. At, you you spent one more hour in Portland, Oregon than I have. But one day, one day we will be taking a company retreat and doing a live podcast from Portland, Oregon. Ah, uh, we need it. Definitely, that's need the it. dream. That's the dream. We've done that. We've done that. We've peaked. Podcast is over. That's just what we, we'll stay in Portland. Honestly, there, there won't be a better episode than that. Quite honestly, no. I think I think though after Portland, we then head over to our international hub, the Kremlin. Yes. No guarantees will come back. But <laughs> yeah. I wonder Kremlin. if the folks are as happy in the Kremlin as they are in Portland, Oregon. I don't know if we're going to be coming back, but hey, sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I guess, uh, sure, the Kremlin. Hey, it, they, they they know about us. They know about us. But they're, they're, they're avid listeners. They, if they are avid listeners, they'll send us back. Hopefully, maybe. Probably not. It is mailbag day. We love the mailbag here. Uh, we have 15 questions of the mailbag. Thank you very much. Uh, we are going to be doing two mailbag episodes this month because there were so many questions in the mailbag that I had to split it up. So we're going to be doing 15 questions here. And then in about two weeks, we're going to be doing another mailbag. So keep sending in your questions and we'll get to them. This is the time of year for mailbag questions before, of course, Jake. We get to Saturday mailbags. Week one. I know. Can't it's wait. coming up fast. It's coming really fast. I think the, I think the date is September 9th. Yes, it yep. is because because September 11th is the is Monday night game. Yeah. Saturday Saturday mailbag. Can't wait. A, a great time. So we have 15 questions. Jake, unfortunately, can't cut the deck. I do no. apologize. We're gonna go with number 15. We're gonna go with number 15. Okay. First of all, this is from Jason. Jake, where is Jason from? I would advise before you say anything. I tease this to you beforehand that there was an angry question that we had. Uh, you can't you can't be angry and from Portland, Oregon. You That's can't. what I'm saying. Yeah, and you can't be you can't be angry from uh Moscow, Russia either. So uh you can, however, be angry in Ontario, Canada. Ooh, Ontario. They're a bunch of ang- a bunch of angry Canadians. Yeah, angry Canadians, you know. <laughs> well, Jason. This is an angry question. The first the first one. I think you guys are really missing the boat on Debo Samuel. Tell me why he won't be- bounce back this year after being a disappointment last year. One bad year after he proved both of you wrong two years ago should not paint a fair picture of who he is. A really great football player. Jake, your response. Well, emphasis on two years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when when he was in line to get paid. When he was in line to get paid and when they didn't have a running back on the roster at, a, at one point in the season. Unless you consider Trey Sermon a running back, which... <laughs> yeah i barely consider him a football player to be quite honest. yes yes um yeah look it n- nothing to do no one's calling debo a bad football player uh nobody's saying i i do think he's one of the more overrated players in football uh, i think that's pretty accurate i would um, agree and and you look at the quarterback situation it's not terrible but it's not good either to where 
that offense is going to produce that level of wide receiver again to the level that he reached two years ago because he's not getting those carries out of the backfield. They have other mouths to feed now. You have Brandon Ayuk, that who two years ago was in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse at one point. I mean, it looked like he was he wasn't even getting on the field. It was Trent Sherfield playing over him at yeah. one point. So Ayuk is back in the good graces. They got George Kittle hopefully healthy for I don't know, 14 games, because you know Kittle's going to miss a game or two. And then this guy, oh, you may not have heard of him, but Christian McCaffrey, who was pretty much in that same role that Debo was in two years ago. So you have to almost be all out on Debo at the current ADP. Look, if he was like a seven, eight round guy, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely sold there. But earlier in my fantasy draft, where I'm drafting him to be my wide receiver two, or maybe even my wide receiver one, if I really go heavy RB early, no. Just it can't work. That's just not a feasible uh, situation to set yourself up for success. So don't live in the past. He, he's really a big name. He's a he's one of those guys that's a name at this point, in my opinion. I think if you just cover up the name and looked at the numbers from over the years, you would go, hmm, that season to me looks like an outlier right there. Because that's really what it is. Uh, that's just calling it how it is. How is that? It, that's not a trend by any stretch of the imagination, you know? It's not. It, it most certainly is not. And uh, there's there have been reports that Debo and Kyle Shanahan have worked really closely and they've been look, looking at things to try and figure out what went wrong last year. Bottom line is you look at the San Francisco 49ers offense. There are a lot of mouths to feed, as Jake alluded to. Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. You could make the case that all three of them might be ahead of Debo Samuel in the pecking order. And there's there is no arguing that Debo Samuel is a good football player. He is a good football player. He's a very good football player. But in terms of fantasy, Debo has only been good for fantasy for one year when he was going to get paid. And why am I going to go to bat for someone that I've never really gravitated to uh, for fantasy purposes? And I'm just going to say, oh, yeah, he's he's in a great offense, so he has to succeed just based on that. Not really. Yeah. Not really. And, 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 and Kyle Shanahan doesn't care about your fantasy football team either. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's going to do what he has to do to put his team in a position that they're, where they're going to win football games. And there was a column that came out today on Fantasy Pros. Brandon Ayuk was one of those guys that I highlighted. And I yeah. am loving Brandon Ayuk right now. And really, Brandon Ayuk, he was the wide receiver one last year on the San Francisco 49ers. It was not Debo Samuel. So Brandon Ayuk is going into his fourth year where we're getting towards that time where Brandon Ayuk is looking for his cash. Brandon Ayuk is in that similar territory where Debo Samuel was, where you start bringing in big contract into the picture. Does Brandon Ayuk potentially go off? The quarterback situation is definitely murky, but as Jake said as well, Kyle Shanahan is just so, is just so good at what he does that Honestly, Jake, you or I could be playing quarterback for the 49ers. I think we could be capable of putting up 3,500 yards. Yeah, I mean, shit, they were competitive with Josh Johnson in the NFC title game before he went down. I actually think Sam Darnold might win that quarterback job. I really do. I I, I would not be surprised to see Darnold win that job. Would he win that that job over Brock Purdy? I I really – if. I think Shanahan will truly play the guy playing the best. I don't think Kyle Shanahan cares how people feel. Sure. And I, I agree he, with you. He, he, he's definitely that type of coach. Like, he's not going to go with Brock Purdy just because he took him to the title game last year. If, if Darnold's looking like the best quarterback, he'll play him. Yeah, and I also think it comes down to health as well. I mean, if Purdy is less than 100%, you know, Purdy's not going to play. No, no. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if they traded Trey Lance before the year, too, especially with the way injuries are around the league. Yeah, and I don't, I mean I don't think they're going to be keeping three quarterbacks either. Nah, and, I think and, they will. You can keep three now because you, you have can, the emergency. You, can, you have the but, emergency slot. You have to keep three almost. But do they want to? Well, you, you get would the they, spot. Would, though, I'm saying, would they want to keep the three of Lance, former number two overall? Oh, oh, where it gets well, where it gets a little. Yeah, if there's no value being offered, maybe. It, yeah, maybe obviously if if they're being lowballed and it's like a fifth or a sixth yeah. round pick for Lance. And the way they've gone through quarterbacks in the past, you know? Yeah. Uh, Jason, I'm sorry that you just have uh, have blinders on when it comes to when it comes to Debo. There are I people re- like I, that. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and listen, I mean, there are guys that I most certainly have can, can recall that I just put big time blinders on. Maybe carry on Johnson was maybe mine. I loved him. Yeah. I loved him, but it happens. It happens. The problem was carry on Johnson was not costing me a potentially a fifth round pick. It was costing you a second round pick. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Fair point. Debo. Debo right now, he's my 56th player overall. He's going in round six for me in in 10 team leagues. And for what it's worth, I know I'm not getting him at that price. Yeah, no, you're not. Let me just see where he's going uh, in the ADP right now. Wow. He's going 36th overall. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Just not for me. Let me just let me just check and make sure that that's in uh full point PPR. Let me just uh have a little check. For for what yeah. it's worth, he's better for me in half than in full. Uh yes, he's better for me in half than we, he is in, in full. We well. do have a, a little bit of breaking news on, on I like break, I right like now. breaking news. Raiders running back Josh Jacobs won't show up to training camp without a new deal and will hold out. Okay. That's uh, I'm gonna see if Zamir White is out there in my dynasty league right now. Just yeah, I mean, I I would. I just wonder though, the Barkley contract. Whenever that comes down the piper, and if you if you want to listen to 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 Boomer Esiason, who Boomer does not put stuff out there unless there's some merit behind it. He was talking about that the Barkley contract could be done. So whatever the number is for that Barkley deal, whenever that does get done, and I do think it's going to get done. I also think it's going to get, get done with Josh Jacobs. Whatever that number is for Barkley, yeah. that might set the market then for for. I have Josh a feeling, Jacobs. though, that the Raiders just don't want to pay Josh Jacobs. Do you ever think that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think – I honestly, honestly, do we think the Giants want to pay Saquon Barkley? I, I think they would. I do pay their, Saquon Barkley. At their price. Like, you know what I'm sure. saying? I just don't think the Raiders – want to give Josh Jacobs a multi-year deal. Like sure. Right? I can believe that, that. That'll be an interesting situation to monitor because I bet you the Raiders are in no rush. Hey Zamir White. Good little stash. If he's available in your in your keeper and uh in, in dynasty leagues, it's worth it. Was he available? He was available. I picked him up. Good move. Good move. All right, so 15's gone. The hostility is over. We can now focus on sunshine, rainbows, unicorns, and lollipops. Number seven. We'll split the deck now. 14 left. Number seven. This is from Max. Jake, uh, actually, it is my turn, and I can't believe that I'm going to have the pleasure of saying this. Max is from Portland, Oregon. A beautiful place. Shining city on the hill. Love Portland. Max, he wants us to rank these running backs in full point PPR. Aaron Jones, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, and Miles Sanders. I'll go Jones, Akers, Sanders, Dobbins for me. I have it Dobbins, Sanders, Jones, Akers. Just I'm not big on Dobbins, and he might be holding out too. He could be. I, could I wonder be. what for. I mean, the guy hasn't even played a full season in the league yet, but whatever. Right, right. He he's played, and he hasn't he played good. 15 either. games his rookie his rookie year. Then then he got hurt, missed all of 2021, and then 2022 played in eight games. Yeah, I I'm I'm very not interested in, in J.K. Dobbins this year. I'm all right. All in, all in, but the contract situation is definitely is definitely murky. All right, seven and fifteen are gone. One, numero uno. This is from Ryan. Jake, where's Ryan from? Ryan is from Beverly Hills, California. We Beverly love Hills, the stars. California. We love the stars. Jake, who's the star that's on your mind today? Uh, star that's on my mind today. Let's go with the one, the only. Denzel Washington mm. with, with with an honorable mention, of course, because we have to acknowledge this is a very pro Emilio Estevez podcast. 
Uh, we love Emilio Estevez. That's, uh, that's a great guy. I wonder if he's doing some real estate shopping in Portland, Oregon. I mean, yeah. I should be. Shout out to Emilio Estevez. What a great guy. What a, absolute, absolute king. Uh, the star that's on, that's, that's on my mind today, you know, I have to say, Killian uh, Murphy, I've heard absolutely wonderful reviews about Oppenheimer. That is a film that I'm going to go to the movie theater so I can see. Nice. I've heard wonderful, wonderful things that it is potentially one of the the best films that has come out in the last 10 years. Wow. And it's it, it's a must see from my uh, cinematic sources. So everyone go, go, uh, go look at Oppenheimer. Go, go see it. It's a Christopher Nolan film, so it can't possibly be bad. Uh, Ryan, he wants us to rank these wide receivers in half. T. Higgins, Christian Watson, Tyler Lockett, Drake London. I actually think that's the order I have it in. Higgins, Watson, Lockett, London? Yeah. I have it. Let me just have a look here. I have it. Higgins, Lockett, Watson, and uh, who was the other one? London? Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's who I have it. Higgins, Lockett, Watson, London. Yeah, definitely give me Watson for that ceiling. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think I think maybe Watson may have the highest ceiling out of all of them. No, nah, um, I think Higgins still. And Higgins is looking to get paid, too, which definitely goes a long that's way. That's true. That's true. Contract year for T. Higgins. Yeah, so that yeah all right higgins definitely has the heart the the higher ceiling but not by much not by much all right one seven and fifteen are gone let's go with number three uh number three this is from thomas thomas is from eugene oregon see what i did there wow eugene is entering the chat uh thomas he said I love the brawl on the AFC North show between you and Adam Bird over Kenny Pickett. Jake, what side are you on? So, Jake, I'll lay oh. out the fo- I'll lay out the foundation for you. Yeah, we were going through the AFC North show, and I said that the AFC North might have the most potential when you group in all of the teams out of any other t- any other division in football, because in the AFC West, you still have the Broncos. In the AFC East, you have the Patriots. In the NFC East, you kind of have the Washington and the Giants. In the AFC North, you have Pittsburgh, you have the Browns, you have the Ravens, and you have the Bengals. Adam objected, and he said that he doesn't really see any potential league winners on the Steelers. And I said that Kenny Pickett has the potential to be a league winner, and he objected. Jake your thoughts, please. I mean, look, I, I was very <clears throat> high on Kenny Pickett from the, the last time we spoke, so it's not really yes. much to be said. You can check out that show. But, I mean, look, the, he it definitely has rushing upside. Year two is usually a pretty big jump for quarterbacks. So we really learn if they can play or not. And I think last year, I think we established that Kenny Pickett can play. He was just a rookie, didn't really have the best offensive line, didn't have the most available playmakers, to say the least. They they brought in Allen Robinson. They're hopefully – uh, Najee Harris is healthy. Deontay Johnson was having a tough time with drops and really just getting going in general. But year two in the offense, they didn't change offensive systems. They kept the same coordinator. Uh, that continuity will go a long way. And uh, with an organization like the Steelers and the tracker that they have, you have to think that they see something in Kenny Pickett that they like, that he's still their quarterback this year. So uh, definitely high on Kenny Pickett. I think he really presents the real top 15 upside for fantasy managers. And I, you know, I won't go so far as to say top 10 upside quite yet, but I, I would not be shocked if we saw Kenny Pickett as like the QB 13 or 14 this year. No doubt. I said I said he has potential to be a top 12 quarterback. And yeah, top, maybe. And maybe. where you're drafting him at 145. He, he's free, essentially. He's free. He's right. free. And, and it, the whole the whole crux of the argument was, say say Kenny Pickett's number, and this is going off of what Josh Allen did, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, completely regurgitate yeah, right. what I said of that show. But essentially it was, look at Josh Allen's second season. He threw for about 3,500 yards and 20 touchdowns. If Kenny Pickett can do that and then some, and you're drafting him at 145th overall, you're getting a nice return on that. Say Kenny Pickett also averages 18 fantasy points per week at 145th overall. 
Yeah. That's I mean, great. look, for a guy that's free, that's just insane value right there. So exactly. Def- definitely agree there. And then the and then the comparison was say Dak Prescott does that where you're taking him in round seven. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. It, it's not. That's why I really don't like exactly. Dak at that at that price, honestly. Where I can get a guy later on that could pretty much do what he does. So exactly, exactly. That was the crux of it. Uh, if you want the whole the whole argument, go and listen. Go and listen to uh, to that show. I don't want to give too much away. I feel like I've given a lot away already. Uh, one, three, seven, and fifteen are gone. Fourteen. Number 14, this is from Anthony. Jake, where's Anthony from? Anthony is from Syracuse, New York. Uh, Anthony wants to know, who is the biggest overall bounce-back candidate in 2023? Well, for the sake of originality, I won't say Kyle Pitts, because I think we've been saying Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts' name yes. quite a lot. Yes, we uh, have. So I'll go with, I'm just trying to think of guys that really busted last year in the first and second round. Um, Jonathan I, Taylor is a, is a name that jumps off the page. Yeah, more so due to injuries. Same, kind of the same with Derrick Henry. Um, I can I can give you mine immediately. Go ahead. Uh, Justin Herbert. Yeah, yeah. Brand that, new offense. Kellen Moore was the leader of the number one offense for the second half of the season statistically in the entire league. Obviously, they laid an egg in the playoffs against the 49ers, but, I mean, that that Niners team was just ridiculous, and they were only stopped because the Eagles were just a juggernaut. Um, I think good things are coming for Justin Herbert. They they brought in Quentin Johnston. Mike Williams is back. Keenan Allen's back. Austin Eckler's still there. I, I see a lot, of, a lot of good things for the Los Angeles Chargers this year, and I see Justin Herbert uh, returning to form after so many people have really just slandered Justin Herbert for no reason. Justin Herbert is really, really good. I'm sorry, sorry he's not Joe Burrow. He's not going to be Joe Burrow. There's only one all blue eyes. Yeah, right. Justin, Her- Justin Herbert is really, really, really good. I'll stick with the quarterback here. How about the Sean Watson in year two? Fully oh, yeah. back from fully oh, yeah. back from football. I mean, he's never finished outside the top five before last year. Uh, another uh, – Full year in Kevin Stefanski's system, still the same targets. They went out and got Elijah Moore, who should help. Um, Nick Chubb, we all know that he's one of the three to five best running backs in all of football, in my opinion. Kind of digging Deshaun Watson this year, for sure. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, 15, 14, 7, 3, and 1 are gone. 10. Uh, Number 10, this is from... Colin. Colin is from Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, Colin wants to know, throughout the pre-draft process, who do you think has been the most disrespected player? For me, it is Mike Evans. I know last year was rough, and this year it is murky with no more Brady, but I can't bet against him, and at his current price, he could be a steal. So first, before we answer the who has been the most disrespected player in the pre-draft process, let's just address the Mike Evans take that he has. And it's kind of hard to disagree with him that at the price, Mike Evans could be a tremendous value. But the problem is, is that, as Colin alluded to, the quarterback situation is flat out terrible. But if we get the Baker Mayfield, that was... For what it's worth, he was half decent with the Rams last year when he went there after being just terrible in Carolina. If that guy is coming to Tampa and he's able to be okay, then there's no reason why Mike Evans can't be all right. I'm not saying that he's going to be a top 20 guy or anything like that, but where he's going right now, if I could just pull him up, he's my wide receiver 34. He's going in the eighth round, 73rd overall. I mean, Jake, am I crazy for thinking that he's kind of worth a stab Definitely at worth price? it. Definitely worth a stab. You just worry that this is kind of the year where he breaks down because he's a guy that has had injuries before in the past, and you sometimes just reach that age in football where it, it's kind of like a Julio Jones thing, right, where every week he was on the injury report, soft tissue injury here, soft tissue injury here. And then just the wheels fell off in Tennessee. Kind of get that vibe from Mike Evans a little bit. And I do get worried that maybe this is that year for him. But 
look, outside the top 80 players, for a guy with that potential upside, a guy that gets 1,000 yards pretty much in his sleep throughout his career, yeah, uh, you could do a whole heck of a lot worse than Mike Evans for sure. So let's go into who has been the most disrespected player, do you think, throughout the pre-draft process so far? Yeah, look, I mean, I won't say Cam Akers because we talk about him a lot, but I think it is a little disrespectful. A guy could be a workhorse in Sean McVay's offense. How about Christian Kirk? I mean, this guy was on an absolute heater last year. I mean, Calvin Ridley comes into town, and then people just think Christian Kirk is just going to be tossed to the side by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, they, they paid Christian Kirk a whole heck of a lot of money to come there and be their wide receiver one for Trevor Lawrence for a reason at the time. And he was a significant return on the investment you made in him last year. And he's really not going a whole heck of a lot higher than where you drafted him last year. What is he like a, around seven ADP right now or around eight last year he was going in like round nine. He is going right now. Let me just pull up uh Christian Kirk's ADP. He is going right now. Uh, if, Everything wants to respond for me. Come on, Fantasy Pros. So in full point PPR, he is going 45th overall in round five. All right. Well, that's that's kind of uh, – I thought he was going a little bit lower. In, I, I could pull up half. Let me see where he's going. Half he's going 54th, so round six. He, he, to me, he's a top 50 player for sure. Standard, standard non-PPR is going in the seventh round. Yeah, I mean uh, – this is a guy, I mean, he should be, go, in my opinion, I think he should be going over Calvin Ridley. Like, I would feel safer taking Kirk than Ridley. And I have Kirk higher than Ridley in 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 my ranks. Ridley. Definitely think he's being overlooked and disrespected, really. Yeah, and it's hard, it's hard to disagree. I mean, Christian Kirk last year, I mean, we, we I get it. Everyone is looking for that hot new thing. Calvin Ridley was really good for a split second being the number two in Atlanta to a Julio Jones. But as a one there, he was very inconsistent. Then obviously the off the field issues surfaced and he it was just way football and he hasn't played. And everyone was shying away from Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson hadn't played football and rightfully so. But what makes, what makes the Calvin Ridley situation here any different from the Deshaun Watson situation? There's no difference. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun Watson had a training camp, uh, too, last year. It didn't look great. I, I I agree with you. Look, I mean, and chemistry matters, man. And, and Lawrence and Kirk had an undeniable chemistry going on last year. I, mm -hmm. I don't see that really just going away. And I think Kirk is kind of the guy where you look at the Jacksonville offense and you go, he'll get his. I, I, I strongly believe that. Whereas with Ridley, he's got to earn his. So I, I'm not too sure that he'll get his the way Kirk will. And in that offense, I mean, everybody's really hyping up the Jacksonville offense and Trevor Lawrence this year. You would think a piece of that, the safest piece of that, would be getting drafted. A leave in 45 is a little low for me, man. I mean, thinking back, it's not like a total slap in the face, but I, I think he could be going quite a bit higher, really. And, and it's not a good receiver year in general. I mean, you get outside the second round, a lot of these guys are interchangeable for me. It's just not, I mean, look, if it, 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 like, I would not feel great about DK Metcalf being my wide receiver one. That's kind of the guy that I found myself mocking the most in, in about round three or round four if I go with the double barrel RBs. So it, it's not a great year for a wide receiver to wait on, if that makes sense. But ironically enough, it feels like the middle of the pack running backs are better value. It's usually the opposite where you can find mm -hmm. wide receivers wherever in the draft. This year, I'm finding quality running backs like round five, like you know, Isaiah Pacheco, round five, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers. Uh, there's definitely a guy in there that I'm forgetting that's definitely Jameer, useful. Jameer but Gibbs, Rashad Jameer White. Gib well, Gibbs is going pretty high. Rashad White, that's who it was. Gibbs is actually going pretty high. I feel like Gibbs is like a near top 40. I think he's going in the top 40 the last time I checked, according to ESPN. Right, let me just have a look. Let me have he, a look. He's going high. He's going way higher than David Montgomery. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah, I have him. I have him much higher than uh, than Montgomery. He's going 40th overall on the button, so top yeah. of round five. Yeah, so I I kind of dig those guys. I I don't love Gibbs as much as those other guys though, because I think Montgomery will still very much be a thing in Detroit. I agree. I agree. The Thunder, Thunder, and the Lightning. Yeah, Montgomery yeah, yeah, and Thunder and, and Gibbs, your Lightning. I don't really see Gibbs getting a ton of. Uh, I I I should say this. 
you, I you're see Montgomery getting more goal line touches than you, I do Gibbs. And I can just see Gibbs frustrating people early in the season too. For sure. For sure. I think he's someone that is going to maybe be a great buy low candidate and someone's going to require a little bit of patience. Yes. Yes, for sure. Uh, my guy, I'll, I'll keep this quick so we can, uh, so we could move on. Uh, Deontay Johnson, the, the disrespect in full point PPR. I'll, I'll preface it with, with, with that. We're talking about a guy that just two years ago was a hundred plus catch guy. Even last year where it wasn't great. And obviously, you know, haha jokes, you know, Deontay Johnson only got into the end zone once and it wasn't even a touchdown. It was a two point conversion. The last game of the season he still put up 86 catches he still had 147 targets and if we think that Pittsburgh Steelers offense is going to be better in 2023 Deontay Johnson is going to have to bear a brunt of that and he's going to have to be responsible for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense to continue to hum and I get the hype with George Pickens I like George Pickens I think he's very very talented I'm not saying that he's not but I think it is criminally irresponsible for anybody to say to me, especially in full-point PPR and in, in non-PPR, I see the argument. But in full-point PPR, it is criminal for anybody to say that George Pickens should be ranked higher than Deontay Johnson. That, to me, is absolutely ludicrous. And I think we see a ton of positive regression from Deontay Johnson this year. He's basically been a five-to-eight touchdown guy for the first three years of his career, excluding last year, of course. I definitely think that there is an avenue especially if we both jake like kenny pickett there's an avenue where we could see deontay johnson still in the 80 85 90 catch range i have him i have him down for about 92 catches and he could be a shade in and around a thousand yards but those touchdowns i could see him getting five six touchdowns and with where you're drafting him in round let me just pull it up on uh fantasy pros He's going around seven. Like, why wouldn't you take that step? I think it's I think it's a great opportunity right there. Yeah, I think Pickens is definitely a little bit more exciting in terms of like overall sure. ceiling for sure. sure. But it's kind of like a Kirk and a Ridley thing. Definitely different scenarios, but it's kind of the same thought process I think people have with Calvin Ridley. Um, where Kirk is kind of like the boring safe option and people are trying to get a little frisky and take by taking Calvin Ridley over Kirk. I think they're doing that right here, but I, I agree with you. Deontay Johnson in full should be very, very steady, especially with Kenny pick last year. You know, they're, they wrote the entry in Trubisky. Then they went to pick it. That's a lot for receivers too. So I definitely could see myself taking uh, Deontay Johnson, especially at that price. Oh, absolutely. I think it's well, it's well worth it. Quite honestly. All right, so we got 1, 3, 7, 10, 14, 15 are gone. 11. 11. This is from David. Jake, where is David from? David is from Atlanta, Georgia. David asks, Bird, I am trying to start my own guillotine league, but some of my friends do not see the appeal. Can you explain it to them? Well... The appeal is it's a different sort of fantasy league. It's something to try. And you get to do all the fun of a draft because everyone knows that the best part of any fantasy league is being able to do the draft. If you have a shitty draft and you don't really love your team, all you got to do is just get to the following week and you'll have an opportunity to improve your team with, with some big shot, big time player. If the team sucks and you get knocked out Week one, which obviously is unfortunate, and you you know are the subject of jokes for a while. But if you get knocked out week one, guess what? It's one less league for you to worry about. And odds are too, if you're doing a, if you're doing a guillotine right and you're filling it with with eighteen guys, the league fees normally aren't that expensive unless unless you're doing weekly prizes and, and, and such. Then then it potentially gets a bit you know convoluted and cloudy in terms of, you know, what you're paying for that league. But guillotines are a lot of fun. They, they, they are a lot of fun. I mean, I ran, I ran mine for the first time uh, this past year. And out of 18 guys, we have 18 of 18 that are coming back. So 
I, I think right there, if you don't believe me and believe my word, look at the success rate of the guys that are going to be coming back to that league. You know, eight, 18 said, yep, back down. So I, I think, David, I I hope that's enough for uh, for you to convince your friends to do it because guillotines are, are a lot of fun. And if you're the commissioner, Godspeed, because they are a lot of work, a lot of work. And if you're the friends of David and you're listening to this and you happen to win the guillotine, make sure you tip him at the end of it. Because it is a ton of work. It is time consuming. It is a pain in the ass to have to go in and drop players every single week. Unless you're on a uh, a guillotine uh, dedicated app where it just does it all for you. Then then that's that's fantastic. You're smart people. Um, tip your commissioner. And that goes for any fantasy league. Tip your commissioner. It makes him smile. It's the most thankless job in the world. Jake, you can confirm that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't have much to offer in terms of guillotine leagues, but yeah, that I can concur on. You, you can concur that being a commissioner absolutely sucks and it is thankless. Yeah, it's definitely a thankless job. Almost almost like a full-time job, honestly. Yeah. 1, 3, 7, 10, 11, 14, 15 are gone. 12. Number 12, this is from... Travis. Travis is from uh, Culver City, California. Travis asks, first year as a commissioner. Well, welcome welcome to the tribe. Again, the most thankless job imaginable. You need to get yourself checked because you might have a mental problem because anyone who actually wants to go out and be a commissioner, yeah, there's something wrong with them or they just hate themselves. It, yeah. it, it definitely is a problem. I know I do hate myself. I'm the commissioner of like eight leagues. It's terrible. Uh, first year as a commissioner, when would you say is the right time to schedule a draft? Middle Labor Day weekend. Yeah, I would say Labor Day weekend. Yeah, that's. I think that's the perfect time to do it. Um, but I know that you know some people you know go away for Labor Day and and they have their barbecues, parties, the week before you know, whatever. Um, Mid August, you could start looking at it. I normally would not. I'm not scheduling a single draft in my home leagues. I'm not doing that until after the last preseason game, which I believe, if I remember correctly, is August 19th, because I know I have a draft that day. Uh, Let me just check, and I'll give you the exact date. August 20th. It's a Sunday. Preseason ends pretty earlier this year. Yeah. Which is very good. Very, very, very good. Uh, okay, so 15, 14, 12, 11, 10, 7, 3, 1 are gone. 13. Thank you so much, Jake. Uh, 13, this is from Isaac. Jake, where is Isaac from? Isaac is from Moyne, Iowa. Uh, Isaac, he wants us to rank these tight ends in full. Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth, Dallas Goddard, George Kittle. I, I actually think that might be the order I have it as. I would go Pitts. Nah, not Fryermuth. I would go Pitts. Goddard, I think. Yeah. Kittle, Fryermuth. I would go Pitts, Kittle, Goddard, Fryermuth. Yeah, I'm just not big on Kittle, but I could see why someone would say that. It's it's a it's a tear drop off, big time. Yeah, big time, big time, big time. Pitts is like the bottom. Ah, no, I shouldn't say that. It's Pitts, Pitts and Hawkinson are in a tier. Andrews and Kelsey are in a tier, and then Kittle, Goddard, Fryermuth are in a tier as well. Yeah, I would way rather have Hawkinson though than Pitts. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh okay. So what is remaining? We have two. Four, five, six, eight, and nine. Nine. Jake, do you hear the church bells? Ah. Oh. Can you see on the balcony, our king, our king has come out to greet his loyal subjects. This is King Charles. King Charles. Oh, I haven't been able to say where King Charles has been. Normally you get these. I, king uh... Charles decided to go on holiday. Because London right now, 
it's near France, you know, France is, uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit, you know, it's a little scary in, in France right now. So King Charles has decided to go to Rick's Cafe in Casablanca, Morocco. Gorgeous <laughs> place. Gorgeous place. King Charles, he's a fan. He's a fan of cinema. What can I say? And King Charles also big fan of Emilio Estevez. Yeah. God the man's cultured. Yes. The, 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 the man is cultured. He, he knows. Humphrey Bogart, Emilio Estevez. Almost yeah. almost the same thing. Royalty. Royalty. Exactly. The, the royal family, they have great taste. Uh, there's a reason why they welcome Meghan Markle in. Suits, great show. Crazy, crazy also how everyone is now on the suits grind because of TikTok. Suits has been fantastic. For like 10 years. I it's, won't watch it. <laughs> Suits is great. Suits is great. And now like my, my brother's watching it. I'm like, I cannot believe you haven't watched Suits. Suits is awesome. And it helps that Meghan Markle is also easy on the eye. But neither here nor there. Uh, Charles, who is in Casablanca, Morocco. He wants us to grade the trade in full. And in Dynasty, when I, I Jake, I just want to say when I saw this trade, my jaw dropped. I just want, Let's I just it. want to put that out there. So King Charles is giving up James Connor, Traylon Burks, Mike Williams, and a first round pick. He's getting. Devin Singletary, Devin A. Chain, and Cooper Cup. What? He has he has Pierce, and he's in a position to win this year. Oh my God, that's highway robbery for Cooper Cup. Really? You think so? Oh my God. I hate all those players that he traded, so very interesting. Yeah, I think I think Cooper Cup is the clear cut prize of this trade. Oh, he's the best player being dealt. Yeah, and I look. What was it? Mike Williams was one of the players. Yeah, Mike Williams is probably the best player that that the other yeah, team bro, that, that Charles what? is giving. And up. It's a first round pick. I mean, look, like first round picks are cool and all, but like well, Cooper Cup, you shouldn't be picking in a position where you wish you had a first round pick. So true. And if, if Charles is contending, yeah, my God, you just put your it's, team way it's over gonna the be top. A, it's gonna be a late first round pick. Yeah, if, this, this was highway robbery for Cooper Cup. And and hey. If this is a 12-teamer and Charles finishes, you know, 10th or 11th, and he doesn't win, yeah. the first-round pick is going to mean anything. And like, he, 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 just, yeah. you know, went, he went for it. Yeah, A-Shane's not even bad either. Like, that's a good guy. You probably have to wait a little bit for him. But, like, yeah, Devin Singletary is just kind of like a roster filler. Like, who really cares? Even He, even has, if something, he has Damian Pierce. Yeah, yeah, even if something happened to Pierce, like, would you really want to play Devin Singletary willingly? No, probably not, not really. Not really. Yeah, this is this is very good, Charles. This is very good, Charles. I, I my jaw my jaw dropped for Yeah, you kind of left Cooper Cup last, where I was like, Of course what I the did. Hell? Come on, come on now. You think I'm gonna put Cooper Cup first? Yeah, Cooper Cup definitely was uh that was that was that's robbery. He did great there. Hey, you know what? The loyal subjects, they they, they have to make sure that the king is happy. I Maintain know, for sanctity real. in the kingdom. For real, honestly. So we have eight, six, five, four, and two left. Two. Two. This is from Patrick. Jake, where's Patrick from? Have to shout him out, but we haven't yet. Moscow, Russia. Oh. Uh, oh, God. How do I say hello in Russian? Damn it. That joke's gone. Damn it. Well, hello to our good friends in Moscow. Great people. Uh, Noah Sprack is a Russian. Patrick. If you could create your optimal fantasy league, what would it be? That's a very broad. Uh, broad but interesting question. Number one, fantasy managers that are active and who do not, who do not complain, which <laughs> That never happens, far. so you can F throw that out the window. Few and far between. Um, full point PPR for me. Yep. Uh, no defense, no kicker. Two flexes. Honestly, I would even screw around with the tight end premium. I think that's honestly, that sounds pretty exciting to me. 
Sure. Would you would you do the double flex or would you do? Maybe, I would. You know what? Would Let you me scrap that. I would, no, 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 no. I would go super flex. Okay. I want to be in a super flex league. I just haven't been invited to one. That's that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say super. I, flex. I think I think I want to be in super flex so I can relate more to the uh, Saturday mailbag because there's a lot of super flex questions out there in two QB leagues. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like we had asked about two QBs like six questions minimum on a Saturday oh, all the time. All the time. So the people the people love the super flex, and I gotta say to those people. I, I, I like it because look, I mean, look, the quarterback is the most important position in the real NFL. Mm-hmm. And in, in one QB 12 team leagues, and even more so in 10 man leagues, even though I don't I don't do 10 man leagues personally. It's like, what's the point? Like drafting a quarterback high definitely matters now. Like it doesn't matter as much in one QB leagues. It's just that simple. Correct. Maybe like a 14 man league, but like otherwise, no. Right. Right. So that's why the appeal, the appeals there with Superflex. So that, that, that's what I'll say as of now. I would say 12 team full PPR, Superflex, three receivers. No defense, no kicker. I'm not going to add the additional flex because, I mean, obviously, yeah, actually, three no. receivers, and, yeah, three receivers and two flexes. It, it that's that's a lot. No, that's a lot. That's a lot. And three then, receivers then, and a flex is cool. Yeah, three receivers and a flex is cool, which you would use for the second for the second quarterback. Odds are. Um, is there anything else that I would throw in there? Oh, has to be fab. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah, definitely. That, I haven't even like thought. I haven't even like thought about. I I keep forgetting every year to make my fantasy baseball league fab. I don't know why, but I just feel like nobody really like. I feel like I haven't even seen anyone like claim anybody off waivers in fantasy baseball. They just go right to free agency. That's probably why I forget every year. Probably, yeah, probably. Fab, fab is yeah, the way to go. Come on, if there's. The, I, I can't imagine that should honestly be the default setting nowadays. Agreed, agreed. Waivers, waivers are outdated. Yeah, oh waivers my god, outdated. They're terrible. And running waivers too are the the worst. I don't know what sicko would want that. Uh no, no, that's more work. That is more work. Work smarter, not harder, folks. All right, so we got four, five, six, and eight left. Eight, eight. This is from Austin. Austin is from Huntington, West Virginia. Austin, he wants to know, should draft pick trading be allowed in a dynasty startup? I say no. I I absolutely think yes. I think that's a huge component. In the startup? In the startup, absolutely. Interesting. I don't think so. I think so. That's a huge element. I'll I mean, tell you're you gonna, why. If you're going to allow start, if you're going to allow draft pick trading in the in the rookie draft, come on, no. You, and you only get one startup too. I mean, if it's if it's for the sake of time, I mean, like you know, you really shouldn't have to worry about time in a dynasty league. Like, you want to do it right. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because I think I would want to make sure that someone is not getting railroaded before the league even starts. Like, oh, well. I, and I know it's it's foolproofing it. It's trying to dummy proof it before you can even get to week one. I got it, but. If you're looking to build a somewhat competent dynasty league and you don't necessarily trust the managers that you're playing with as of yet, like maybe they're maybe they could be dynasty rookies, maybe they don't know exactly what they're getting themselves into yet and they're just going to figure it out as they go along. The, the dynasty friendly way to do it would be to just say, you know what, get to week one. Everyone has the same amount of picks, everybody drafts on a level playing field. And then when you get to week one, if you want to trade all of your picks for the next X amount of years or however many, how many years you could trade your picks for, mazel, carte blanche, go for it. But I just think during the, during the startup itself, if you, wanted to, if you wanted to do that, there's definitely a way around it where maybe you can cap the amount of moves you could make or do something like, do something like that. But I just think for the sake, for the sake of just trying to keep things whole, not having trading during the startup is the way to go. But obviously, if you if you are in a league that is full of dynasty vets and this is a startup for you and everybody in that league knows what they're doing and you trust them, then, of course, go for it. 
but very watered down PC inclusive answer for me is if there's newbies in the league, you're trying to keep it safe. Don't have any trading done during the startup. Yeah. Eh, I, I hear that argument. I would love to be in a dynasty super flex. I got to get that going. One of, one of these days. If you, if you start a dynasty super flex, I would do it. I could. I just don't really know enough people. That's, that's kind of the problem. And I also like, don't have that much. I mean, I kind of could have enough time. I don't know. Maybe we'll, well see many, August. Eh, I mean, look, how many leagues, how many leagues are you tentatively in right now? Let's start that. Uh, two, three, three or four. The, the fourth league, I'm a little on the fence about because I, I didn't like how it was ran the last two years. Okay, so if it's if it's four and you could you could replace it with something, maybe we could do Dynasty Superflex. Yeah, if it's three, maybe maybe Dynasty Superflex, but... or just or just a regular Superflex. Or even just a regular super flex, yeah. I'm and not keep in it, any keep sta- it very simple. I'm not in any standard keeper leagues, which it sounds exciting to be in a standard keeper league. I'm not in one of those. I'm in just a regular dynasty, and then my I, I'm in like two, two one keeper where it's like you get to keep one guy. It's not really a keeper league. You can't really trade any picks. It's like yeah, it's very. I'm I don't run that league. Um, so it sounds very restrictive. Yeah, it's like. What's the point of, you know what I'm saying? Like to keep Agreed. one guy, like, is it really like, what's, it's not really not a keeper league in my no, opinion. No, it's not. Minimum, so, minimum should be two. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like I'm in a league where I run where people wanted keepers, but I just know how this league goes with people getting railroaded all the time where I made it two keepers every other year. So this year there's no keepers. Next year there will be keepers. So. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like so that. it's cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely adds like a whole all oh, like every it's like it gives you a reward for drafting smartly on, on certain years, and some guys aren't like, oh, I don't have any good keepers, like fuck this, you know? So now, now for that, let me let me ask you. You could trade you could trade picks. You cannot trade picks. I didn't okay. allow that last year. Okay. I, that I, makes just, sense. I know I know how this league works. Like there would be it, it's high school friends. Like it's not like very serious. I mean, look, I mean, we play for a hundred bucks, so it's not like we're playing for like, you know, 10 bucks here. So it, right. it the, the purse is still like pretty substantial to where you care. Yeah. It's a $1,200 purse. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But at the same time, like I already know somebody's going to trade like a freaking like six, seventh and like 10th round pick for a first round pick and like a sweat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like no, that, that's, that's uh, fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I I can't allow that league to be lopsided from the second it starts. No, every year. no, 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 you can't. Every you can't. year to boot. So that's why keepers every other year. It's 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 pretty cool. So this year it's no keepers. Last year, um, I had two really nice keepers last year, but it's okay. And now they go back, and maybe you could draft them somewhere over the rainbow, way up high. Yeah, right. Uh, four, five, and six. Uh, let's go with four. Number four, this is from Wyatt. Wyatt is from, uh, let's see. Wyatt is from Marseille, France. Uh, Wyatt, he wants us to grade the trade in Dynasty. He's giving Jerry Judy in a first. He's getting Amari Cooper and David Montgomery in half PPR. I think this is a pretty even trade. I do. Um, it's not bad. In in Dynasty, I, I think the first in Jerry Judy to me is a little more appealing, even though I do like Cooper this year. But I think a first is a valuable asset, and I think Judy should be better this year in Sean Payton's offense, where I don't think it's I, – I, I definitely think Cooper's better. Don't, don't get me wrong. But is he like 15 slots better than Judy? I, I don't know about that. In full, I would say this. Uh, to me, I think I think I know what the answer is. But if you're contending, which I think you are, giving up that first is not the end of the world. Yeah, I just worry that you're going to feel like an idiot if Jerry Judy finally comes out. We've been saying that now for. I, I think he can put up comparable numbers to Amari Cooper. I I, I think so. I do agree with you. The Montgomery side of it, I like. He can give you flex level production and in half PPR. 
he won't kill you. If this were full, it would be the Judy side comfortably. But because it's half, I would probably say it's still the Judy side. But instead of it being 65-35 Judy, it's probably 55-45 Judy. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely pretty close. It, it, it's definitely a fair deal for sure. Yeah. But I think personally, I would rather have that first. It's a valuable asset and you never know with, with first round picks where you can fall on that deck. So Exactly. Exactly, but you, you you didn't get railroaded. I think this is a, this is a fair trade. I'm sure this helps your team, um, especially if you're giving up that first round pick. Five and six, six, six. This is from Lance. Jake, where's Lance from? Columbus, Ohio. O H. I yeah. Uh, Lance. He wants to know how many leagues would you consider to be too many. I can't answer this question. I am in yeah. too many, and I know I, I am, so I can't I think, say a word. I, I think I think my absolute max would be five leagues, so I, I think six is just way too many. I think five is too many, too, but five and six, you're really pushing the envelope. I know you're in, like, 25, but, like... Uh, right right now, I'm in, I'm in 16. Yeah, that is just... I don't know. I wouldn't be able to well, do when that. You do it for, when you do it for a living, like... I know you're you're trying to work out, uh, you know, autograph signings with Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, like I don't think you could be sitting at your desk, you know, checking your fantasy line. No, when I'm when I'm doing a podcast talking about fantasy, I could sit at my second monitor here and be like, oh, I gotta go check, uh, I gotta go check sleeper and 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 set yeah. this lineup. Oh shit, I gotta go on Yahoo, set this it, lineup. It, it, forget about sixty. It's tough for me to get myself to come on here for an hour each time to talk about fantasy let alone doing 16 fantasy leagues like that that should i can confirm that is the truth yes but he does it anyway because he is a man of the people and he loves the people yeah exactly and finally number five before jake goes on vacation this is from our very good friend jake i'm so happy you said this for last our very, 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 very good friend, Kyle Christie. He is from Newcastle up on Tyne, England. Man, Challenge USA! I can't wait for that. August tenth. Why is that's that the cast one. better than the better than the one that's going to be? You, on you know what? It, I I actually read they're trying to promote because Challenge USA wasn't doing very good on CBS, so I think they're trying to get more eyeballs on it, and they're also trying to make the fortieth season of the challenge be like really epic and they didn't want to just like completely go overboard on 39 and then 40 is like eh, and then people are this is this is going to be absolutely epic i can't wait and a good return of my good buddy Corey back to the show can't believe it can't believe it we need we need kyle back asap yes asap i miss him what a guy kyle our good friend kyle christie he needs to keep one justin jefferson for a third Lamar Jackson for a sixth. Yeah, uh, you, you, Darren Justin Waller Jeff- for a ninth. Rashad White for a tenth. Yeah, I don't it care. Is Justin you, you, Jefferson yeah. for a third. Comfortably, comfortably, without a doubt. Yeah, you didn't need to read me the other options. Nope, you could have said Justin Jefferson for a second. I would have said, "Yep, that's cool." Yep, that works. You're getting the number one or number two overall player, not at number one or number two. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. Yep. That's all you need. Well, now let me ask you. Let me ask you. This is this is a philosophy question. It'll be the last thing and, and then and we'll uh, we'll get on out of here. What if that Justin Jefferson keeper would have been for a first? Now I know that there are leagues that say you can't keep first round picks and whatnot, whatnot. I still I still would have done it. But if Justin he, Jefferson He's my number one taking, player. He's my he's my number two player. I'm very tempted to move him to one in full point. Yeah, he's he would be my guy my guy at number one. So that should answer your question right there where I would keep him at. So you're you're picking eighth overall, and you can keep him for a first. You would yeah. just say Justin Jefferson, eighth overall, first round pick, done. Yep, done. Okay. I, I would too, for what it's worth. Yeah. And yeah, and wouldn't you... think twice. Yeah, and will you Will you feel like, oh, yeah, maybe you're not getting um, value like other players are? Maybe. 
But what guess that, what? You're getting the you number have one player, Justin two player at, at eighth overall. What better value were you looking for? Not like, much. Not much. It's great. It's great. Like you're really Justin. heartbroken that you can't take, I don't know, um, Saquon Barkley at eight? Like, I, I don't know. Like, what Josh are you Jacobs. looking for? It? Yeah, well, that'll yeah. be an interesting one. And honestly, honestly, and you're, and you're going to keep him for a third, right? And I don't know where you're, where you're going to be picking, but if you're picking like fifth, yeah, like what you could you could realistically start your draft with Tyreek Hill, then come back in the second round, go Stefan Diggs, and then in the third round you have Justin Jefferson. Yeah, you're not going to get Diggs in round two at that price. I don't think so. Let's see. Let's see where he's going. I, right I, I don't. I don't think so. Let's just see where he's going for fun. This is in. Did he say? No, he didn't say what's what the scoring is. I'll just I'll 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 play it safe. In full, in full, there's no way Diggs is making it to the middle of the pack, middle to end of second round. No way. I'll play it safe. I'll say half PPR. Yeah, half even PPR is ha- going. He's going in round one. Okay, Ma- so maybe okay. Ha- maybe half. That's a humongous maybe. What what about CD Lamb? Okay, Lamb would be interesting. Tyree Kill, CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, rounds one, two, and three. Yeah, Lamb is interesting. I still don't know if you're getting CD at that price, but that that would be interesting at that at that price. And then you can, yeah, I mean, look, you're you're off to a hell of a start there for sure. No, you're not. Wow. Wow. CD CD's climbed up there. All right. What about like AJ I, Brown? I, who? Amon Ross St. Brown? AJ. Oh, AJ Brown. Yeah, like it's a little, or. it's it's a little less exciting in, in my in my opinion, but sure. still, I would maybe I would go with a running back there in round two. I would go, like, I mean, I've seen Derrick Henry going in the middle of round two. I think that sounds a little enticing to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tony Pollard maybe. Oh, Pollard would be very Pollard would be very very exciting, but if things stay the way they are, what uh, about sure. what about Ramondre Bruce- Stevenson? No, I don't like Stevenson. Like Brees Hall pending no Dalvin Cook. Yeah, that sounds a little exciting to me too, especially because you have that firepower already. And then if Brees Hall is who he was, sure, sure. There's a there's a small question mark with Brees, but I still think they're sure. gonna, I think they're going to go out and get Dalvin Cook before the season starts. I really do. And that would be a mess. That would be a mess. But I I think early it would be a mess. I think they would run Cook into the ground in September and then. Once we get into like November, December, Hall is fully back. What about what about if uh, who and who asked this question? Oh, this is Kyle. This is Kyle Christie, of course. Yeah. What if Kyle Christie started this draft? Tyreek Hill. Then in the second round, and he he could fall to this. Devontae Adams. Hill, yeah, I think Adams is still exciting. Yeah. Hill, Adams, Jefferson. Yeah. That's I would it, do it. If that's a, if that's a full PPR too, and you start your draft like that, brother. Yeah, I, I, mean, I hear you. That's insane. I can't believe he even had to ask that question. I, I mean, I, I understand why he asked it. I would. because I mean, you, you're keeping anybody for a third. That's that. That's a scary proposition, but not Justin Jefferson. When it's Justin Jefferson, that's not a scary proposition. No, no, no. Yeah, no. that is. If it were like, if it were Tony Pollard for a third, then I could understand maybe the trepidation. But, I understand could too. But Justin Jefferson, I mean, oh my Moses. Yeah, no, no shot. I mean, well done, well done. I mean, how the hell do you have Justin Jefferson for a third? Like, is he someone? Yeah. That- he had to have drafted Justin Jefferson probably his rookie year or something. Even like his that. rookie year, though, he was going in like later than that. I mean, yeah, like eh, maybe not actually. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I, don't know, yeah. I don't know what the penalty is for you know for year on year if you have you have one for rolling keepers, but wow, I mean, very good, very 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 good, and you keep Justin Jefferson for uh for one to help maybe keep for three more years and then. Once you use them for a first, then you know you're then you're done, and you could probably just go draft them and then have them for the fourth year. That's going to be it for this edition of the Basic Talk Podcast Tennis Show. Like we heard, leave a five star review. Again, we'll be doing another mailbag in the next couple of weeks. Um, the first live draft 
That is coming your way. That is going to be out on Wednesday. That is a salary cap league for all of my auction players. You wanted it, you got it. Recorded it on the podcast. That will be in your inboxes on Wednesday. Subscribe, leave a five-star review, tell us how much you love the program. For Jake Simone, I am Bird. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. We love you, Portland, Oregon. Bye-bye.